Paris. Labradoodle. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is food news. Okay, Anthony, I have a surprise. What is it? I have to go get it. Okay, you said it was food news, so... Yes, I think it's I, a food. It's a food. I, okay, I guess okay. that. Ah. Okay, I'll be, I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> uh, for everyone listening, Alex has run out of the room, very excited. I don't know what she's getting. Oh, I hear her. She's coming back. She's coming through the door. She has something. It's in a box. Ta-da! Oh my gosh. <laughs> you bought one. <laughs> I bought a cheese it pizza. I bought a cheese it pizza from Pizza Hut. And we're going to eat it <laughs> if you want to. I mean, I I'm definitely gonna try want it. to. Is this I'm... is this the uh, pepperoni one or the uh, cheese oh, one? I think it's just it's a, got a, it's well, a it cheese it's got one. A, it's got a P oh, on there. Is actually, that... I don't know. Oh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, loyal listeners will remember that this was my breaking news story last week. Oh, they okay. They're a little. They're actually smaller than I thought they would be. They're like those like fried mozzarella squares you get as like an appetizer at restaurants sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll try it at the same time as you. Is it going to be really hot? No, it should be cooled off by now. Hmm. Okay, it's the, it's the pepperoni one for sure. I all like the guy said. I don't taste the pepperoni. It does taste a lot like a Cheez-It, though. It does taste like a Cheez-It. It tastes like a hot Cheez-It. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm going to maintain my opinion from last week. is not really appetizing. To, I think if you really like Cheez-Its, mm-hmm. you would like this. If you like Cheez-Its, yeah. This, I mean, this just tastes like a Cheez-It. But since I don't really like Cheez-Its... I also don't like this. Like this hasn't, <laughs> this hasn't like this hasn't elevated s- the taste you towards of the yeah. cheese. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it, but my favorite part of this is every time one of us takes a bite, we like duck off to the side <laughs> away from the microphone. Yep. So you don't have to hear us chewing. <laughs> okay, I, the marinara sauce actually helps. Okay, I'll have to try that. I probably shouldn't talk with my mouth full. <laughs> okay, with the marinara sauce, it tastes more like a like a cheesy breadstick with with like f- the fake cheese it flavor injected into the bread. That's how I would describe the flavor. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're still not really selling this. <laughs> I don't know. You ate all. You ate your whole piece. Yeah, but you I'm, like a, I'm a monster. Yeah, Do you like no, it? I, I thought it was really good. I, I, I personally like Cheez-Its. Great. They're not my favorite cracker. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna have another one. Ha- have one. It came with four. If you don't remember oh, yeah. that from so last it, week. Yes, there's four. I, I thought from the photo. Like if you look at the photos online, the pieces looked bigger than this. Like I assumed when you brought up the box that it was gonna be like all four of them would take up the whole box. Yeah, like you think it, they would be like stacked in it or something. Like mm-hmm. no, they're like. I don't know, like two and a half inches by two and a half inches or something, or maybe three inches, something like that, squares. I do like it with the marinara sauce. I like it without too, though. I'm honest, I, I like it. 
I think it's good. good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep eating these. <laughs> <laughs> Please, help yourself. Um, should we come up with a rating system for when we do this? <laughs> on a scale of one to four. When we can rank the things we've eaten on the show, this would be, for me, number two. Out of of the two things we've eaten on the show. Oh, are we? Wait, so we're not going to give all of them like their own score. We're going to rank them against each other. (laughs) Because, yeah, now we're at two things. We've got the mushroom burgers and this, right? Mm hmm. Okay, I would rank this behind the mushroom burgers as well. So there you have it. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to become, it's not, it does not scale well, that rating system. No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) That's why I was thinking, like, on a scale of one to four, where one is inedible, two is edible, three is decent, and four is would recommend to other people. Wait, it goes, what do you think it, about that? It jumps from decent to would recommend? Is that, is that, should we make it out of five? Yeah. Okay. So one is inedible, uh-huh. two is edible, three is decent, four is pretty good. And five is definitely recommend other people. That sounds that sounds good to me. Okay. So for this, I would say, for me, I'd say it's a three. I have a I, low standard for what I put in my body. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about Taco Bell on here before. <laughs> I, th- I think if I liked Cheez Its, I also would give it. A three, maybe even a three point five. If I really like yeah. cheese, it's yeah, maybe three point five yeah. is more fair for me too. Because like I, I enjoy it. I re- I just realize it's not a good quality food. <laughs> right, it's not like you don't look at this and you're like, yeah, that's a healthy choice. Like mm-hmm. no, yeah. um, but since I don't like cheese, it's my personal vote is going to have to be a two. It's edible. Yeah, it's edible. It's edible. Yeah, it's not. That seems fair. It's not inedible. <laughs> for something in like the uh, the hot pocket. Range, I, I think a two is about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sure can be consumed <laughs> without fatal consequences. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> it's some type of food substance. Yeah. I guess on our scale, like zero is if it actually kills us. <laughs> zero is if like we have to cut the recording short. Yeah, and one needs to <laughs> could be taken leave. to a hospital. Either you know gastric distress or like hospital <laughs> either one of those i think would, yeah. would warrant the zero warrant a zero yeah score i mean so. hopefully we never encounter anything like that hopefully i would i would not bring something and make you eat that if i thought it was that bad <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that sentiment <laughs> i just bring in garbage i found a new story about eating garbage here here it's a pile here, of used pile. syringes <laughs> My first story is animal news. <laughs> this comes from Newsweek. A walrus defending her calves just sank a Russian Navy boat in the Arctic Ocean. A walrus sank a Navy boat. It's a little bit misleading of a headline because it was like a rubber boat, but... oh. Okay, yeah, that's very misleading. (laughs) It's just such a good visual for a walrus to launch itself at a boat. Anyway, um, the bizarre encounter took place during an expedition to the Franz Josef Land Archipelago in the Arctic Ocean aboard a tugboat known as the Altai. The vessel belonged to the Navy's northern fleet, the uh, Russian 
Navy, I should clarify. Yeah. Uh, Researchers from the Russian Geographical Society who have been studying the flora and fauna of the area were on board the Altai. But to get to shore on the archipelago, the scientists needed to use a small rubber landing craft. It was during a trip on this landing boat towards one of the islands in the archipelago that a female walrus attacked the boat. Wow. Can you imagine one of those things coming at you? No. Uh, it was, according to a press release, the walrus probably attacked because she feared for the safety of her calves. I also learned that walrus babies are called calves, just like cows. So, Why did I know that already? Mm. I somehow knew that. Oh, well. Maybe it was in Zoo Tycoon or something. Maybe. <laughs> um, the boat sank, but all the participants safely reached the, so- reached the shore, so nobody was hurt. Oh, it was... Except for the boat. Um, They also pointed out that female walruses can weigh more than 2,500 pounds, while males can exceed 3,500. The animals are not known to attack humans unprovoked, but they will do everything necessary to protect their offspring if they feel they are being threatened. So this was just a mama walrus probably protecting her babies. Yeah. They're like bears. Yes. Apparently. Except that they're not cubs. They're calves. Yeah. Wow. Wait, walruses, do they have... um... Tusks? Yes. Yes, sorry. (laughs) I was going to say horns, and I'm like, no, that's not the right right word. It's like tusks in the other direction. um, They have tusks, okay. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing because Anthony's still eating the the Cheez-It, the stuffed Cheez-It pizza. I like it. Um, Okay, that's... Yeah, I've never heard of a walrus, like, attacking something like that, but... I guess that's something you got to go watch out for now when you're in the Arctic, you know? Yep. Yeah, apparently, I mean, besides that, there's ice, obviously, and storms and that kind of thing, (laughs) I assume. Yeah, but the the walrus risk, (laughs) because of this incident, that risk is now greater than those other risks. Actually, or just to you? (laughs) No, I'm I'm just making that up. That was not factual. (laughs) Or if there's a storm, just be on the lookout for walruses just flying from the sky, just uh, that were picked up by a storm. Walnado. Walnado. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like they're running out of steam on Sharknado. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, they should just make Walnado. Take it north. Yep. Okay. My next story is world news. <laughs> this is from Reuters. On a two-acre field in England's Midlands, Gavin and Alice Munro are taking sustainability to the next level. They harvest trees, which they train to grow into chairs. They have a chair farm. So, it's not chairs growing on trees. It's, it's trees, trees growing into chairs. It's Yes, it's trees growing into the shape of chairs. Okay. Okay. The couple have a furniture farm in Derbyshire, hopefully I pronounced that right, where they are nurturing 250 chairs, 100 lamps, and 50 tables. Nurturing is a weird word for that. <laughs> That's what they use. I don't know. It is their answer to what they see as the inefficient and carbon-heavy process of cutting down mature trees to create furniture. Instead of force growing a tree for 50 years and then cutting it down and making it into smaller and smaller bits, the idea is to grow the tree into the shape that you want directly. 
Part of the inspiration for the idea came when Gavin was a young boy. He spotted an overgrown bonsai tree, which looked like a chair. In 2012, Gavin and Alice set up the company full-grown and committed to this idea of growing furniture full-time. The average chair takes six to nine years to grow, and then another year for the wood to dry out. Um, The labor and time involved in producing the organic pieces mean they are pretty expensive. How much do you think one of these chairs costs? Too much. Uh, Let's, uh, $2,000. Higher. uh, $5,000. Twelve thousand dollars. Oh, whoa! They're very expensive. <laughs> Apparently, they're selling them. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's low supply, high demand kind of deal. Yeah. Well, it, it takes ten years. Yeah. To make one of these, their and their concern is like efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought at first, and that I mean, yes, they said that, and I was thinking like, okay, that doesn't really make sense, but I think the idea is like, if you had maybe like a enough like rounds of these trees growing uh-huh. then you would have enough like supply to actually do this okay in an efficient way okay eventually mm-hmm. i think that's the idea yeah but yeah i don't know so the the lamps are um between 1100 and 2800 dollars for a lamp from this farm do they and then they do make, they like have it grow around the wiring or whatever? So or? yeah. So do you know how like bonsai shaping works at all? Like bonsai no. trees. Okay. So they they take like wires and they pull on like branches in a certain way so that it like grows. Like they train it to grow a certain way to make it like look pretty, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're, from my understanding of this article, they're doing a very similar technique to that where they essentially like pull the branches in a certain direction and then like it'll grow in that direction and then they'll like pull it in another direction and then it'll like and and then through that technique you can shape it into whatever you want really okay so here's what one looks like when they're finished with it okay that's really cool that's a cool chair yeah how did i get like four legs though that's is it multiple trees I don't know. Uh, i think this is all one tree yeah, I'm actually not sure. Maybe this is different trees. It's just like you can't see where it connects if it's different trees. Right. Like it all is like, it's like intertwined. They need to do is somehow get like a time-lapse photo over the course of making an entire chair. Yeah. That would be really, that would be cool. I'd want to see that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's, that is a good idea. Um, but yeah, so they're trying to like keep expanding this operation and, uh, Thought that was a neat idea. I mean, it is cool. The chair, the chair does look cool, mm-hmm. but it looks better than I was expecting it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it does look pretty cool. Like it's very, I don't know. It's just like so unique. Like it's like I've never seen anything that looks like that. You mm-hmm. know, like, and you probably never get two chairs that look exactly the same. Either. Right, right. Like each one is a unique piece, which is why they can sell them for twelve grand. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But it's just like I imagine this is like. The dining room furniture in like Rivendell of like yeah Rage, oh it looks you know? very That's what this is. it looks very elven <laughs> right yeah it's awesome actually yeah but. it would it would only go with a certain like home aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure my next story is AI news this is from the Guardian 
AI equal with human experts in medical diagnosis, study finds. Before I keep going, I think we talked about a very similar story a while ago. That rings a bell? But I think it was just about like one study that they had done with this, and this is like a conglomeration of studies that they did. They did like a study of studies. Um, Cool. So... Artificial intelligence is on par with human experts when it comes to making medical diagnoses based on images, according to this study. Um, The potential for artificial intelligence in healthcare has caused excitement, with advocates saying it will ease the strain on resources and free up time for patient-doctor interactions. Um, However, experts have warned that the latest findings are based on a small number of studies since the field is littered with poor or poor quality research, Um, which the number, I'll get to the numbers of that in a second. Um, One application is the use of AI in interpreting medical images, which we've talked about before, um, which is a field that relies on machine learning in which a series of labeled images are fed into algorithms that pick out features within them and learn how to classify similar images, which has shown promise in the diagnosis of diseases ranging from cancers to eye conditions. Uh, Now researchers say they have conducted the first comprehensive review of published studies on the issue and found that humans and machines are more or less comparable, which they kind of frame in the story as, like, not impressive, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I found very weird because like, yeah. apparently a lot of these individual studies have been saying, oh, machines are better than humans at this. And they're kind of acting like comparables, like, oh, whoa, pump the brakes. It's actually just about the, the same. same. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, that's <laughs> Isn't that still good, really good? Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, an initial search turned up more than 20,000 relevant studies on this subject when they were doing their comprehensive review. Uh, However, only 14 studies, all based on human disease, reported good quality data. Um, And and they tested the deep learning system with images from a separate data set to the one used to train it. And they showed the same images to human experts. So, like, different studies in this group of 20,000 didn't do some combination of those things and just... So they essentially disregarded them. How can you do a study and not and compare it against experts and not show the experts those images? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Um, Maybe they were comparing the AI looking at images to the human doctor making a diagnosis based on other criteria or something. Like it was just wasn't. Maybe maybe the study wasn't wasn't comparing the same. Yeah. Um, Anyway. Uh, The team pooled the most promising results from within each of the 14 studies that. I mentioned, uh, to reveal that deep learning systems correctly detected a disease uh, 87% of the time compared with 86% for healthcare professionals. So yeah, technically better, like a little, just a little <laughs> bit better. Slightly better. And correctly gave the all clear 93% of the time compared with 91% for human experts. So again, just um, like slightly better. So I don't, it was weird. I I didn't frame it so much in my notes like the article did, but the article was like very negative on this. It was just like... As good as is as good as is very good for this stage of like yeah. where we are in developing this technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and they also pointed out that the healthcare professionals in these studies were not given additional patient information that uh, they would have in the real world, which could steer the diagnosis. They were purely going off of images, which again is just like so. What like so the I, AI is as good the AI wouldn't have that information either I don't yeah. know so the, what, yeah, what, why does that what kind of conclusion are you trying to draw here it sounds pretty good to with me no extra information the AI was able to do the same thing that a human would right yeah so 
which is which is crazy. Imagine assuming- it, imagine if they were both given that extra information. Like, yeah, it would only improve the also, results. I'm, I'm sure. assuming that the doctors that were used for like the comparison here were like experts. Yeah, and not just like not some random schmuck off the street. Like that looks. Yeah, like it cancer. was someone that was like an expert in their field of whatever right. you know they were looking at to diagnose. And so, if you think about it that way too, you know what percentage of doctors out there are like they're just you know fresh on the job basically, or like they just got out of res- residency or something, mm-hmm. and they're still like you know building up their right. years and of even expertise. Even as like a double checking mechanism. Exactly. Like, just think yeah. of the value there. Like human doctors are never going away. Like, well, because as that, I what, mentioned, you need this the human what, patient interaction. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And like a lot of doctors, what they do now is they do like consults. Like they'll talk to each other and be like, "Hey, I think this is this. What do you think?" And like that kind of thing. And it's like just another check like that, like another exactly. aid of like, okay, we think this and that thing said this too. Mm-hmm. I can feel even more confident that that's right now. And these have an infinite potential for learning. Like the more data we give them, the more they can learn, which is, which is not the same for a human, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And eventually a human dies and a robot lives forever. And that's why they will outlive us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, my next story is animal news. And this is from the BBC. Not a super happy story. Kind oh. of neutral. <laughs> okay. The headline is, Labradoodle creator says it's his life regret. Oh. It's his life's regret that he invented the Labradoodle breed. Oh. In a recent interview on an ABC podcast, Wally... Conran, the creator of the first ever Labrador Poodle crossover, says the invention is his, quote, life's regret, and he hasn't got a clue why people are still breeding them today. He's become concerned that an influx of copycat crossbreeds has created health problems for many dogs. Wally, who's Australian, created the Labradoodle in the late 1980s for a blind woman and her husband who was allergic to dogs. After three years of trying solutions, Wally came up with the idea of a dog with the working ability of a Labrador and the coat of a poodle. But despite his success, he feels regret because the Labradoodle became, quote, a bandwagon, and his aim of only breeding healthy pups was not followed by others. So he basically he feels that, like, it became like trendy and then people took it and then like started breeding dogs in like not the best way. And then it caused like a lot of them to have health problems and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like regretful that he like started this as a movement. Yeah. Although, you know, in the rest of the article, they basically like interviewed a bunch of people that had Labradoodles and they're like, no, my dog's like healthy and fine and not like doesn't have weird behavioral problems or anything. So, <laughs> and I love this breed. So I don't know if it's just this guy's opinion, but it's like, he's like in my experience, like he said in the article, in my experience, like Labradoodles are, either crazy or they have some type of hereditary problem because people oh. aren't like doing good breeding practices, I guess, or something. I don't know. But. Mm. Sounds like that's just anecdotal though. Yeah, I think it is. Also, does it seem weird to you to take credit for like inventing a dog breed when like really all you did was have two different dogs mate? Like you didn't yeah. really invent anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, can't anyone just be like, oh, here's two dogs? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? <laughs> Why was that? I mean, Here, I think- I've invented uh, the, the 
the pillow covered in a blanket. It's you take a pillow and you cover it in a blanket. Like I, it's different, obviously, but I didn't. I don't think I, I invented anything there. I just put two things that already existed together and had a new, a not, I guess, a new thing. I don't know. Yeah, I I see your point. Like it's kind of a, it's it has a weird connotation to it that yeah. doesn't necessarily apply to the situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of like he made it mainstream or he like gave it a name yeah. that then caught on. And also it sounds like he gave it like the purpose of ex- air quotes, purpose of existing <laughs> being that it's like, right. The, uh, the has certain traits that are desirable. Right. Okay. But like, still, it, there's something, there's something is off, a weird yeah. word to use. You're right. Like, I feel like if you put a bunch of like a bunch of, uh, Labradoodles. Labradoodles. What do you think a labradoodle would look like? Uh, It's a Labrador retriever combined with the Pokemon Weedle. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a horror beyond comprehension. That's so perfect. That's great. Watch out for its stinger. I'm imagining a giant Weedle. With just like the face of a dog and with the stinger. It's like a dopey Labrador. <laughs> yeah. Labradoodle. Make it happen. We just science. invented it. Yeah, I just, just invented inve- it. You, you invented it. Yeah. yeah. Let's put a bunch of Labrador retrievers in a room with a bunch of Weedles and see what happens. <laughs> Here's two things. <laughs> Go. <laughs> My next story is random local news. This is from the Washington Post. She left a can of dry shampoo in her car. It blasted a hole through the roof. What? (laughs) How much pressure was there in the can? Apparently a lot of pressure. Uh, This is a woman in St. Peter's, Missouri, bought a used 2018 Honda Civic with fewer than 5,000 miles on it, none of which is relevant. (laughs) Oh, she bought it in June. Also not relevant. (laughs) I thought you were going to say she bought a used bottle of dried shampoo. (laughs) With less than 5,000 miles on it. (laughs) But she had no idea that an aerosol can of dry shampoo would destroy it. (laughs) Her car now has a hole in the sunroof. And the middle console was blown off its hinges. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> there are pictures that I'm going to show you because they're, okay. hard, they're hard to believe. <laughs> um, most dry shampoos consist of alcohol and cornstarch to absorb excess oil on the scalp and hair. But not all brands are created equal. I didn't actually know what dry shampoo was, so I was kind of oh. glad for that fact. I've never used it or anything. Um, the woman's mother said the bottle that exploded was an Equate brand, Walmart's generic line of products. Uh, we're not sponsored by Walmart this week. Um, it was the first time she had used it, but she added that there was also a Dove brand dry shampoo that had not exploded uh, in her car. I don't know why she had two brands what? of dry shampoo yeah, why did she in have her two car. Different brands, but yeah. Uh, uh, Michelle Frankel, a professor of chemistry at Bryn Mawr uh, College, which I've never heard of, uh, took a look at the dry shampoo can in question and pointed out it contained propane and butane, which are common in aerosol products, but also flammable. <laughs> so, yeah, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. They're also in lighters. So, yep. uh, Hydrofluorocarbon 152A, which replaced the now ba- uh, banned chlorofluorocarbons, 
is in there for its dispersal properties, and the denatured alcohol which carries the product is also flammable. So there's lots of explodey things in this. Um, the Equate can did have a warning on it that said the product is flammable and may explode <laughs> if heated. So <laughs> uh, it also cautioned against leaving the can in sunlight and suggested that it be stored at temperatures below 120 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. They said it was about 90 degrees outside that day, but every, as you know, cars yeah, can get cars way can get really, hotter. Really hot. That's why you don't leave a dog in there. Right. Or a kid, unless you want to get rid of the kid. Um, and the uh, the professor said, I would not have wanted to be in the car when that happened. Uh, adding okay. that uh, sharp flying parts of the can could have been dangerous in addition to the flammable materials. Uh, it was basically like a small bomb. So let this be a lesson to all of you. Don't leave aerosol products in your car. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I want to show you pictures of this now. I would like to see pictures. So this is the center console, uh, just like a close-up shot of that. Oh! So it exploded in there and blew the, blew the top off of that. Um, and this, I think, is the more shocking picture. <laughs> this is the sunroof. <gasps> like the entire, almost the entire sunroof was just shattered. I don't know why I was expecting like a neat hole, right? Like in just it. like, Phew. yeah, like just just like shoot, shoot, shooted, <laughs> shot. Like expected what am I saying? It to shoot it right through the air. <laughs> I thought it was just gonna have shot up and like made a round hole, but it shattered the whole sunroof. Yeah, it just destroyed the sunroof. Well, I guess if like if there was a okay, if there wasn't a sunroof, it probably wouldn't have gone through the roof. I bet that that sunroof is structural, not as structurally strong. As the rest of the car exterior. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also like one piece probably right. in there. So that's probably why it like all shattered. Yeah. So I guess but if you don't have a sunroof and you want to risk it, go ahead. Buy two to three brands of dry shampoo, like she did. Uh-huh. Put them in your car on a hot day mm-hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. It's a little fun science experiment for you and the kids. <laughs> Who, Just again, don't leave. Don't, don't leave, leave them in them a hot in car. car with it. Don't leave them in there with it. Yeah. Just, just the and dry shampoo. Only do this if you're ready to just get rid of your car. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a fun way to send it off. Okay, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show <laughs> where Anthony and I look for stories uh, that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. There is no more cheese at pizza left. <laughs> <laughs> ready, set, Go! go! Okay, I found this on UPI. The headline is, Tennessee woman rescues kitten that turns out to be a bobcat. Well, technically not Um, wrong. A Tennessee woman who rescued a kitten she spotted running across a road brought the feline into her car and took it home before discovering the creature actually was a baby bobcat. Um... So she saw it running across a busy road and decided to rescue it because she was worried it was going to get hit by a car or something. Um, she says she put it in her car and it climbed all over me like a kitten would do, got in floorboard under my feet, not sure what that means, and after <laughs> stopping a couple of times to get it nestled into my lap, I finally got home with it. Um, she named the animal Arwen and she said it wasn't until a neighbor came over to look at it that its identity was revealed. <laughs> And the neighbor was like, I think that's a bobcat. <laughs> um, uh. Then um, she took Arwen to the For Fox Sake Wildlife Rescue. 
Oh, that's very good. Isn't that such a great that's name? That's a great name. Um, yeah, it's just she took it to the rescue um, center where rehabilitators confirmed that it was a bobcat, um, and they're keeping it there until it's old enough to be released back into the wild. So, so is it is it not called a bob kitten? Ooh, I don't know why not. Seems like it should, should be. be. Seems yeah. like it should be. I agree. I agree. Found this in the Daily Star. <laughs> Apparently, uh, humanoid robot showcases jaw-dropping agility with gymnastics routine. Did you see this video? Uh, I may have. Was it? It's the is latest. It, does it like jump and yeah, turn itself? It's, it's the latest one from Boston Dynamics, and they've got like their robot essentially doing a gymnastics routine. It's insane. <laughs> Uh, I I do still want to watch the whole thing because I think I just saw like a little clip of it. Yeah, it's I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty short video. It's like thirty seconds. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, they say Boston Dynamics humanoid robot Atlas has been filmed performing an impressive gymnastic routine, showcasing the machine's uncanny fluidity of movement. Um, it says. <laughs> I'd, it's kind of weird to describe the video, but it says in the video it starts in a standing position, then bends down on all fours, uh, goes forward twice, it turns around, and then jumps into the air. <laughs> um, and like throughout this entire thing, it just keeps balancing like a person. It's just it's very strange to watch. Um, they said that they created the maneuvers using new techniques that streamline the development process. Um, they have an optimization algorithm that transforms high-level descriptions of each maneuver uh, into dynamically feasible reference motions. So it sounds like they're kind of developing it so that they can just be like, do a somersault, and it's able to like process that down into the motions that it needs to do. Hmm. Um, it The Atlas robot then tracks the motions using a mo- uh, modal... Well, using a model predictive controller that smoothly blends from one mover to the next. Um, and they said, using this approach, we developed the routine significantly faster than previous Atlas routines with a performance success rate of about 80%. <laughs> uh, and they, uh, they, go, they go on to mention some people who commented on the YouTube video. One person commented, I liked this. So they won't just be able to destroy us, but now they will be also be fabulous while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. So, uh, here, th- let me show you the. Uh, I want to see the video. Okay, I am watching the video now, and the robot is. Whoa! It did a a roll. Now it did a jump and roll. Now it, oh, it stood up and jumped around. Now it did another somersault. Whoa! It did like a splits jump. Now it did a twist jump. <laughs> now it put its arms up in the air. Oh, now they're showing the twist jump in slow-mo. Whoa. Okay, I'm impressed by how like fluid the movements are of the robot. It's, it's so fluid, and the fact that it's just able to regain its, or not even regain, but just maintain its balance the entire time. Yeah. And it looks so human while doing it. It does. Like They really nailed the whole like human movement yeah. balance thing. Which, which is kind of creepy. Is, yeah, which is creepy, but uh, it is. it's also cool. It is also cool. <laughs> These new technologies are both creepy and cool. Yep. And we've accepted that. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. 
you can subscribe to Nick News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever other app you'd like to use. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at, at news. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Her car now has a roof. Her car now has a roof. It's ruined. <laughs> it used to be a convertible. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat>